Genesis chapter 40, verse, verse number 1 says this. It said, sometime later, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and baker, they offended the royal master. And Pharaoh became angry with these two officials, and he put them in the prison where Joseph was, and in the palace of the captain of the guard. They remained in prison for quite some time, and the captain of the prison guard assigned them to Joseph, who looked after them. And while they were in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker had each had a dream one night, and each dream had its own meaning. And when Joseph saw them in the morning, he noticed that they looked upset. Why do you look so worried today, he, he asked them. And they replied, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. Interpreting dreams is God's business, Joseph, Joseph replied. Go ahead and tell me your dreams. Go ahead and tell me your dreams. That's really what I want to talk about, talk about today is, is going the second mile. We've been talking about going the second mile. And over the past few weeks, uh, I talked about the scripture where Jesus said, if someone compels you to go with one mile, then he said, be happy about it and go the second mile. And then Je uh, Jesse talked a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about doing ordinary things with excellence. And last week, Brandon uh, also spoke. And he was talking about going the second mile. And he was sharing with us about walking in the shoes. As, as we learn to walk in the shoes of other people and we figure out what going the second mile means to them and helping those folks that's around about us. So the very first thing I want to talk to you about is, is under this umbrella of going the second mile is, is that we take special attention to this first fact that Second mile moments surround us. They're always around us. Whether we realize it or not, there's secondhand moments that are happening all of the time. And if you'll just be wise enough to open your eyes, you can see a secondhand moment if you'll look for it. A few years ago, when we started out, okay, now we have never, ever owned a building, okay, I had a buddy of mine, and, and he, they planted a church a couple years before we did, and I saw that one of his posts said, we were in a, in a hotel for 20 months, and I thought, wow, 20 months, that would have been nice. We've been doing set up and tear down for like 10 years, okay? And uh, so we're right on the brink of being in our own building and, and actually owning a building for the first time. The other day, I made the very first payment on the building, and we've been paying interest, but actually paid the, pay, the first payment on the building last Friday, okay? And so uh, we're there. We're getting, ready to, we're getting ready to go in there. But when we first started out, and there's a few, couple people in this room that can remember it, the American Legion building. Can anyone remember the American Legion building? There's a few people here that can remember the American Legion. We got to the American Legion. We did not own the American Legion building, we were not veterans. I was not a retired veteran from the from, uh, or I had no past military history, but we rented the American Legion building. And I can remember thinking to myself, I said, I told people, I said, when we start the church, we'll never be in a temporary location. I, I told people that we'll never be in a temporary location because I want to be someplace that's like permanent. And we started looking around. We could not find any place where we could lease. 
that we could afford, okay? So God started, I said, God, what are we going to do? God said, well, you told me that you'd never be in a temporary lo location, and so if you'll let me lead you wherever, so we start calling schools and hotels and all kinds of places. And finally, I remember, I, uh, Ethan, I remember the first day that I walked in the American Legion and I stood on that stage. The stage was very small. <laughs> and I remember standing on the stage, and I looked out across the stage, and I thought, this would do just fine. And we went to the American Legion, okay? And a lot of times we go to the American Legion, it was supposed to be clean, but it was really a dance hall. They had parties in there the night before. And we, there's times that we would go, there would be beer bottles laying around there and all kinds of stuff. We got there one day, the American Legion, and a guy was there, he was drunk from the night before. And he said, they told me to stay here and guard this place. <laughs> Okay, your shift is now over. We're here. We're going to take over. <laughs> okay? I think you might have. I don't know if you're hungry for church service or not. Sobered up for church service over. But we got out there one week. I'm talking about secondhand moments surround us. Okay? So I'm, there's a point to this. Okay? Secondhand moments surround us. We got out there one Sunday, and the grass was like this high. And Debbie, God bless her soul, said, Bob, that grass looks horrible. I said, honey, we don't own the building and there's nothing we can do about it. But they were supposed to cut the grass this week. I said, honey, there's nothing we can do about it. We went in there. We did whatever setup we had to do. We had whatever cleanup we had to do. Back in those days, I was still playing music with the worship team every week. Okay, I haven't had to do that in several years. I'm, I'm practicing. I hear something outside. And I go out there, and Debbie's mowing the grass <laughs> on a Sunday morning. Secondhand moments are all around us. <laughs> they surround us, okay? And I was so <laughs> impressed with my wife that day. It's like, what are you, honey, what do you think you're doing? Well, someone had to cut it. This, this is disgraceful. We couldn't have this on a Sunday morning. So she's out there cutting the grass. And I mentioned that story, secondhand moments surround us. If, if, we'll be, if we'll open our eyes up and realize that there's secondhand moments always around us. And on that particular Sunday morning, I was up preaching, and I made mention about that story about the grass and the practice, and I heard the lawnmower running, and I went outside, and my wife's cutting the grass, and uh, I told the people that. And that Sunday, there's a guy in our church by the name of Curtis Thompson and he still is connected to our church. I told that story about, about Debbie cutting the grass, and Curtis came to me after church that day, and he said, Bob, don't worry about the grass. He said, I will make sure that from now on it's always cut. I said, but we don't own the building. He said, but I will make sure. He said, I own a lawn, a lawn service. I will make sure that the grass is cut every single week. Secondhand moments are all around us. They're surrounding us all. If we will be wise enough to open our eyes and we will see there's a secondhand moment and Curtis Thompson took the secondhand moment and for the, for the duration, he would cut the grass. And I even had some of the old veterans from the American, back then, now this is several years ago, a lot of the World War II veterans are still alive. And these World War II veterans would come to me and said, hey, what's, what's up with this guy cutting our grass? We didn't tell him to cut the grass. 
And what's up? Why is he cutting our grass? We own this building. We got our own lawn care people. Why is he cutting the grass? And I said, because there's weeks we get out here and the grass isn't cut. He want to make sure it's cut. He saw a secondhand moment. And so he decided that he was going to make sure that it looked good and it was ready to go for Sunday morning. And I said, how can you knock that? But does, is he going to expect us to pay him? I said, that's up to you. That's up to you. Okay, I think they did eventually hire him to cut their grass. Okay, But secondhand moments surround us. My mother is the person that I've seen go the second mile. Over and over again, I learned this from my mother. At Christmas and holiday dinners, visitors and guests were always welcome in our home. When I was a kid, we didn't have a lot of money. My mom worked as a waitress. She used her tip money to buy our food for us. But she was always full of joy. She was always full of happiness. And she was, my mom was always looking for her secondhand moment. Not so she could say, look what I did. But it's just so she could bless someone, help someone. But why? Because she knew that she was surrounded by secondhand moments. And if we will open our eyes that we are surrounded by secondhand moments, and we'll be wise enough to notice what needs to get done, and we just get out there and do it. Because someone needs a little, a little extra help. Or, or maybe there's something we can do to be a blessing. I remember, now remember, get this, my mom's a waitress, okay? She buys our food with her tip money, okay? Well, our pastor announces one Sunday, he said, hey, we're going to have a convention at our church. And the convention is all the pastors from around this, this district, Southern Missouri District, are going to come together to our church and some of them might not be able to afford to have a place to stay. So would you be willing to open your home up to some pastors and their families? And they could come and stay at your house, and they can, you can also provide meals. So here my mom is. She's a waitress. She buys our food with her tip money, and she said, Hey, pastor, we can have a pastor and his wife come to our house. Secondhand moments surround us. And that's exactly what she did. She said, whoever you want to send. And we had pastors. Pastors Frank and Alice Hoffman came. And Frank Hoffman is almost a comedian, okay? He's the, one of the funniest guys I've ever heard in my life. And we had such a blast hanging out with these guys for the whole week. And they came to our house. Secondhand moments are all around about us. If we'll be wise enough to see it and wise enough to realize this, and my mother recognized the secondhand moment. And she thought, we can share what we, we have with someone else that needs it. We can help someone else. Secondhand moments surround us. In Genesis chapter 40, we find Joseph, okay? Joseph, and Joseph, his life is full of struggles. His brothers hated him. His brothers sold him into slavery. Joseph was a victim of human trafficking, if you will, all right? His brothers sold him to a man named Potiphar, and he worked for Potiphar. And over the course of that working for him, he was falsely accused of attempted rape of Potiphar's wife. And he was thrown into prison for a crime he didn't commit. He could have sat in hate and bitterness and rage. There's a lot of people today that won't do anything because we had so much hate, we got so much bitterness, we got so much anger, we can't let it go. 
But Joseph did not feel that way. He could have spent, spent all of his time dreaming about ways to get even. He could have spent all of his time feeling sorry for himself. But while he was in prison, he was faithful. And even though he was in prison, Frank, God brought him up. God elevated him through the ranks. And even though he was a prisoner, he became what actually an overseer of, he became an overseer of other prisoners. He was always looking for a second-hand moment. And while he was in prison, he met the king's butler and baker. This meeting was a divine appointment by God. God was setting up a second-hand moment for Joseph. God was appointing a second-hand moment. So the first thing I want to tell you is this today that I've already talked about. Second-hand moments surround us. Secondly, we grow through second-hand moment. You can grow through a second-hand moment. You can learn through a second-hand moment. You can become a better person through a second-hand moment. If you'll open your eyes up and see the second-hand moment. There, I heard a story about a man. He was going to commit suicide. Just the problems and the struggles of life became so great, he decided, I'm going to end my own life. So he went to a bridge and he climbed up on the rail of the bridge. He was getting ready to jump off. And right before he jumped off, he heard a voice. He said, sir, sir. He turned around and looked, and there was a homeless guy standing on the, on the street, on the bridge. He said, what do you need? He said, before you jump, could you give me your shoes? He looked down, he thought, shoes. The guy's barefooted. So he began to think, he climbed down off that bridge. We can learn from a secondhand moment. We can grow from a secondhand moment. We can get past our own struggle when we allow ourselves to be used in a secondhand moment. He got down off that bridge, he took off his shoes, he handed them to the homeless, homeless man, and there's, here's what he did. He got in his car and he went back home. He walked in the door, he told his wife, he said, honey, let's make some plans for the future. We can grow through our secondhand moments. We can grow if we'll open up our eyes and begin to see what God is trying to do in our life. Your secondhand moment is not an accident. Your life is not an accident. God has ordered your life. God, has, God ordered Joseph, Joseph's life. And your secondhand moment has been ordered by God. We learn and grow through our secondhand moments. The devil was laughing at Joseph in prison. But Joseph did not feel sorry for himself. Jo Joseph did not allow himself to be consumed by anger and hate and bitterness and resentment. No, Joseph decided that he would be used of God in whatever place that he was. You see, what the devil intended for bad... God was using for good. you got to understand that. What the devil, you say there's horrible things that's happening in my life right now. What the devil has placed for bad, God is going to use for good. God is going to propel you forward if you will allow God to work in your own personal life. He's going to do that today. God is with you. Your life is not an accident. Your steps are being ordered by God. So here's what Joseph did. He was in the midst of his own struggle. He was in the midst of his own problem. He was in prison, but he put his own problems aside. 
He noticed the butler and the baker were troubled by something, so he asked them, what's going on? I notice that, that you're not happy. I know there's no joy. I, I notice there's, there's, no, uh, there's no peace. What is going on in your life? He, he took time for the secondhand moment. He took time to, to grow through the secondhand moment. You got to be thankful for your secondhand moment. You got to be thankful for the opportunity. I, I can remember a time in my life that I could, I, I would think, man, I'm just, I'm tired of, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of seeming like I'm, I'm bending over backwards for people. Sometimes we resent the secondhand moment. Don't resent the secondhand moment, but realize this: that God is trying to use you to bless someone else. God is trying to use you to help someone else. We grow in our secondhand moment. We find thankfulness in our secondhand moments moment. And this is what Joseph did. He took the time to listen. He took the time to, to help. He took the time to reach out to them in spite of his own problems. He was sensitive to the needs and the concerns of the butler and the baker. They told him his, their dreams. He said, God can interpret dreams. And he said, I'm willing to listen to your dream. He took time to understand what they were going through. He took time to, to, to find the meaning and to seek God for the meaning of their dream. Now, now, my friend, not every dream has got a deep hidden meaning. Some dreams are just the result of too much spicy food at midnight, okay? <laughs> I have dreamed sometimes, that, what in the world was that all about, you know? It was the lasagna I had. It was the, it was the enchiladas. I don't know what it was, okay? But the butler and the baker, they sensed that their dreams were significant. He forgot his own problems. He embraced his second mom moment. He listened. He interpreted their dreams. He learned from that time. And that's what you and I have got to do. We, we've got to open up our eyes to the secondhand moment. We got to open our eyes to the opportunities that are around about us. So, so today I've, I've, I've been talking to you about these secondhand moments that are surrounding us. The secondhand moments we can, we can learn from them. Thirdly, we got to stay ready by staying positive. You got to stay positive today. Zig Ziglar, who's a, a, a great motivational uh, speaker and teacher, he said this. He said, the most influential person that you're going to talk to all day long is you, yourself. And because you're the most influential person you're ever going to talk to, you got to watch the way you talk to yourself. Can you understand what I'm saying today? you got to watch the things that you, you got to watch the thoughts that you're entertaining today. Because the devil will tell you you're no good, there's no hope, you're never going to get out of this mess. you got to, you got to stop talking to yourself that way you got to stop talking to yourself like, I am in such desperation. I'm never going to rise above this. you gotta, you got to stop talking to yourself like that today. you got to speak life. you got to allow the Word of God to speak life into you today. Joseph didn't spend his days in negative self-talk. He was ready to listen to the dreams of the butler and the baker. He talked to himself as a child of God, and that's what we've got to do today. He constantly reminded himself about the goodness of God. If you constantly remind yourself about your problems, 
If you constantly remind yourself about your poverty, if you constantly remind yourself about your, your past abuse as a child, over and over again, and all you do is talk about that, you got to watch the way you talk today about yourself today. we got to rise above our past today. Stay ready by staying positive. We're going to learn a lesson. We're going to learn a lesson from the past, and then we're going to move on. We cannot go back. I cannot undo the past. I would like to. I cannot go back and undo it, but I can learn from it, and I'm going to go on. Uh, the, the second, going the second mile was a way of life for my mother. I've already told you that. Going the second nature has got to be, go, going the second mile has got to become second nature for us. It's got to become second nature. We're, we're, a lot of folks today, we go the second mile, and then we say, oh, I'm going to post this on Facebook. I'm going, to, I'm going to tell the world how great I am. I'm going to take a picture of how wonderful I am. Because look what I've done. I'm, 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 I'm one of these kind of people. I'm kind of silent on a lot of things. I don't post a lot of stuff on Facebook. I don't, you know, uh, I, I, I'm kind of a private kind of a person, Okay. Because if we do that, according to Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 6, you can study this out in the first couple of verses. If we're doing things for the recognition of man, that's the only reward we're ever going to get. Okay, But if we do it, whatever we do, we do it, do it as unto the Lord. Our second-hand moment, we do it as unto the Lord. We do it as a gift unto God. Then our reward will come from the Lord today. Our reward will be in heaven today. And so this is what God wants us to do. But human nature does not want to go the second mile. Human nature focuses on himself. How can I get ahead? How can I get to the next level? What is in it for me? But Jesus teaches us to serve God and to, to, to love others and to serve other people. This is what Jesus tell, teaches us today. The final thing I want to talk to you about is this. Point number four, the last one. The second mile honors Jesus. Don't use your second mile to honor yourself, but rather honor Jesus today. It will be a temporary detour. You say, I really don't want to do that. It's a temporary detour. But rest assured, if, if I will help someone else to achieve their dream, it's really helping me achieve my dream. Okay, Because the dreams and plans of God are all connected. It's not like, you know, Jody's got one dream, okay, and I got another dream. No, our dreams are all connected together. If they're, if they're in God's will, they're, they're, they're all connected together. And when I help other people win, I win. When I help someone else go, go uh, their, their mile and I reach out and bless them, I'm helping myself to go another mile, Okay. You see, God has a plan. God has a future for every one of us. Our dreams are not in opposition to one another. It's not like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to so, somehow win and then you're going to lose. No. I win, you win. We help one another today. Our dreams and goals, they bring honor to Jesus. They bring honor to God. They bring God's will to pass in our life when we go the second mile. Second mile moments are surrounding us today. We're growing from our second mile moment. I'm staying ready by staying positive. I'm staying ready by the way that I talk to myself. I'm staying ready by the way that I encourage myself in the things of God today. 
This isn't simple. I'm not trying to preach to you the power of positive thinking. I'm preaching what the Word of God has established today. And finally, the second mile honors Jesus Christ. So, so we model Jesus in everything that we do. We're making an investment in other people in everything that we do. We're showing other people that we care. We're, we're showing, by going the second mile, we're showing other people that they are important. We're showing other folks that they've got value today. It's all part of going the second mile. I'm closing today. I'm closing. Jesse, you can come. Musicians, you can come if you want to today, if you'd like to today. Jesus said if someone forces you to go one mile with them, he said go with them two miles. And when you go, keep a smile on your face. Be happy. I think one of the main reasons that he said it was so that other people could see there's something different about us. We're actually preaching the gospel when we go the second mile. The other people. A lot of times we like to talk about the gospel. Let's show the gospel. We show the gospel by loving God and loving other people. We show the gospel by, by loving Jesus and serving other people. Show the gospel in going the second mile. One of the individuals that has gone, that really went the second mile in my life was my, one of my pastors when I was a kid growing up. I had a pastor, pastors Don and Brenda DeClue, great people. Uh, I love them with all my heart. They taught me so much about life. They taught me so much about uh, the ministry. Uh, I remember one time our pastor would stand on the front porch. Our, our, back in those days, this is the church in Jeff City. Now it's Solid Rock. It's got like 1,000-plus people to go to it. But our church is little. It's like 30 or 40 people. Uh, there's a little bitty step out front of the church. It was like about this big. And at the end of the service, if, if it was warm weather, our pastor would stand outside the front door. If it was cold weather, he'd stand inside the door, okay? And he's shaking everyone's hand when they leave, you know? You know what I'm talking about. A lot of pastors do that. And I walked out the door. I think I was about 12 years old. I walked out the door. He said, Bobby, how you doing? I said, good, doing good. He said, is that the best pair of shoes you got? I said, yeah, that's my best pair of shoes I got. He said, tomorrow I'm going to pick you up from school. I'm going to take you to the store, and I'm going to buy you a new pair of shoes because the shoes I had were terrible. And the next day, sure enough, he picked me up, him and his wife, Sister Clue, they picked me up from school. They took me, now this shows you how old I am, they took me to Montgomery Wards. Anyone here have heard of Montgomery Wards? They've been bankrupt for about 30 years, I think. Okay. Took me to Montgomery B Rewards, and he didn't take me to the clearance aisle. <laughs> he told me, he said, Bobby, go pick out any pair of shoes you want. This guy did not have a lot of money. Our church has got 30 or 40 people in it, okay? And he let me pick out any pair of shoes I want. Wow. That was really cool. And I can still visualize the shoes in my mind that I bought that day, that he bought for me that day. Later on, I remember I needed a suit. I was going to be at a wedding, and I needed a suit. And I recall that I went, and he said, you know, he said, I said, yeah, I'm going to be in this wedding. Well, do you have a suit? I said, no, I don't have a suit. 
I want to take you out and buy you a suit. Took me out and bought me a, a suit. Wow, a blue pinstripe suit. I thought it was really cool. Bought a suit for me. I remember when I was about 17 or 18 years old, I went to his house. He knew I was called to preach. I went to his house on a Wednesday night. I got out of school. I went over and drove to his house because we, we would hang out at their house a lot. And I went there. It was about 5 o'clock in the, in the afternoon. And I said, he said, hey, Bobby, you're never going to guess what's going to happen tonight. I said, what's going to happen tonight, brother, pastor? What's going to happen? He said, you're going to preach tonight. I said, I'm going to preach. I don't have a sermon. <laughs> well, pa- son, i got to teach you that if you're called to preach, you got to always have a sermon. And I can't remember, God only knows what I preached that night, but that night I went to church and I, I think I went straight home and studied as hard as I could in, in an hour. <laughs> and I threw something together and I got up there that night and I preached. I think about second mile. That's a guy that went the second mile. His, him and his wife went the second mile with me and taught us so much. Secondhand moments are surrounding us. If we will be wise enough to open up our eyes, if we will be attentive enough to open our eyes, the secondhand moments are all happening constantly, continually. We can learn from that secondhand moment. We can grow from that secondhand moment. We can honor Jesus through our secondhand moment. We can be, don't miss your secondhand, secondhand, second mile. (laughs) Don't miss your second mile, not second hand, second mile moment. <laughs> when I'm writing this down, I kept putting that second hand moment. It's like, no, it's second mile. Second mile, second mile moment. <laughs> Don't miss it today. Jesus taught us this, okay? And you can think back in your own life, the people you've known, and they've taught it to you. And so this is what God is doing in our life, all right? Let's, let's close with prayer. Stand with us today. We're going to close. We're going to end our online portion of this service, and then we're going to sing. We're going to praise God for, for a bit, and then we're going to have a time of prayer. All right? Heavenly Father, thank you today. God, you love us so much. You care for us so much. And, God, we just thank you, Lord, for the example of Jesus Christ who taught us always to love you, to love God the Father to love other people, to serve others. God, this lesson that if someone compels us to go with them one mile, God, let us be full of you to go the second mile, always keeping a smile upon our face, always staying joyful and happy and honored, Lord, to be your hands and your feet. Help us, I pray. Help us, teach us to grow in you, God to grow in your love. Help us, I pray, to honor you in everything that we do. God, we thank you today. Thank you, God. Help us, I pray, in Christ's name right now. Help us, God, to be attentive to those moments that are surrounding us, those opportunities that are surrounding us. And so many times in this old flesh, we just want to look the other way and say, no, not today, God, not today. But, Lord, thank you, Lord, for those people that have always helped us and blessed us. And God, let us likewise bless and help minister to other people by going the second mile. Thank you, Lord, for that in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you for being with us today.